Melissa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I haven't seen you in since pre-pandemic, but I did enjoy your cupcakes at my baby shower. So thank you. I heard we sent them. It's it's our pleasure. I know, and it's been so long. <laughs> um, I think I think we were at a I don't know either a female founder gathering or something, and then the whole world shut down. So it's good to hear your voice. Um, so I'd love for you to share with everybody what Baked by Melissa is and what kind of inspired you to start it. Sure. Well, Baked by Melissa is a direct-to-consumer gifting company. We make bite-sized stuffed cupcakes entirely by hand with the most delicious ingredients and flavors that make you feel like a kid again. And we can get them anywhere in the United States of America on the date of your choice. And we make people happy during good times and bad. So what gave you this idea? And I'm sure it didn't start out with being able to ship everywhere, anytime. Tell me about the origin story. Yes, it it definitely didn't start as a business plan. Never actually was a business plan, but I just love to create things. I think that's my love language, actually. Like I used to make like picture frames and stuff and scrapbooks for friends and high school and college. And I love to bake and I see baking as an arts and crafts project, but even better because you could eat it when you're done. Um, And then after college at my first job out of school, it was a colleague's birthday. He loved the Grateful Dead. So do I. So I decided to make him the first ever batch of tie dye cupcakes and they were Grateful Dead themed. And then I just kept making the tie-dye cupcakes because the response I got when I brought them into the work, then the response I got when I brought them into the office the next day was the best. It just, it felt so good. I love to give. And I just kept making them for everyone and anyone. If it was your birthday and I love you and I love a ton of people, I made you tie-dye cupcakes. So what do you think, you know, I feel like every time a company experiences extreme growth, um, the intimacy sometimes can be lost or you know, the specialness of like, you're baking these tie-dye cupcakes for people. Like, so tell me how, as your company became more well-known, you, you kept the level of love and care or didn't. (laughs) Uh, And how did you scale that? That's a great question because I feel like that's my job is to keep the level, the level of love and care in every aspect every day. Uh, And it's exhausting, but I don't know. When you first said extreme growth, I thought to myself, it was really gradual over time. We've been in business for over 15 years at this point, or just about 15 years. At the beginning, I was actually baking every single cupcake. And when I couldn't do that, I was still icing every cupcake because you can teach baking easier than you can teach how to ice. And then when we scaled to a point where we needed to open more of a commercial bakery, like in 10,000 square feet, which felt huge to me at the time, I was there all day, every day with my now husband training that team. And as we moved into our next production facility, I did the same. And now today, what it means is, I guess I am the brand and the CEO, but the brand and the culture starts within the walls of the organization and 
how the people who are part of the team perceive Baked by Melissa. So it's how we work and then our our brand voice. And then of course, the product quality, um, you name it. It's it's a full-time job. It is a full-time job. And as you scaled, I'd love to hear about how you have navigated through trying to get other people to keep a consistency when it's not their brand, it's not their baby and any challenges you've had there. Well, I think it's like Baked by Melissa or any brand is kind of living and breathing and constantly evolving almost like a human being is. And so we have changed over time as far as consistency goes. As long as we keep getting better, I'm happy. And I will say I'm very proud of how far we've come. I mean, years ago, I remember coming to your office, actually, I reached out to you and I was like, oh, like, you know, like you're the name and the namesake of a brand. Like, I would love to to meet you. And I came to your office and at that time I was a totally different person. And I just, I, at that time, I wasn't even really responsible for the brand. How crazy is that? Um, what and do you it's mean you're responsible for the brand? Well, at the time my brother was our CEO and He's a a marketing genius, you know, and he really, it was his vision that built Baked by Melissa. Not mine. Not mine. I didn't believe it was possible. I didn't have the confidence in, in myself or our product even to do what he did. And if it weren't for him, we wouldn't be here. I could say that pretty confidently. Um, and because his core competency was or one of his core competencies was around the brand. Um, I wasn't as involved as one would have thought I would be. And what I was involved in, I still was getting his approval, you know, on, I guess. Yeah. But now, and only over the past seven years, seven years, uh, we actually hired a new CEO in September 2016. I mean, I worked for my big brother. So that in and of itself, if you have a sibling, and I know, you know, you, I think at one time were in business with your brother. Um, I don't know what that dynamic is or was, but for me, I'm the little sister and he was my big brother and he is my big brother. But so working together, like we figured it out, I guess. But when we hired the next CEO, as my brother went off to continue to be his entrepreneurial creative self, um, that's when all of a sudden I was really the only person who could and and did know the brand and embody the brand, obviously. And so that was the beginning of the rest of my life as Melissa of Baked by Melissa. So, so tell me about those changes because, um, you know, I I did work for my, you know, work with and for my brother as well. And we parted ways in February of this year of 22 oh, wow. um, when we got bought. And I and, you know, it was a mixed bag, a mixture of emotions. And then all of a sudden, you know, I think there was a, you know, a power I stepped into as well of just this is it's just me now. There's no one to sort of lean on. And so I'd love to hear how you navigated that. Sure. Well. Obviously, you know, it was my brother's decision to hire a new CEO and it was very much outside of my comfort zone, of course. And we met this guy and he was great. And then all of a sudden I was 
you know, he trusted me with the brand as he should have, but it was very uncomfortable for me. And I didn't have the confidence even in myself. All of these years, I wasn't making these decisions. I was weighing in. I was saying what I thought. And a lot of the times that's what happened, but the weight and responsibility of it all wasn't on my shoulders. And so I had to train myself to speak up actually and have confidence in myself, like actually capture my fleeting thoughts as ideas and opportunities. So, and also, yes. So that was when I was working with my then CEO, who was CEO of Baked by Melissa for three years. And then, oh gosh that things happened and he couldn't be our CEO anymore. And my board, like I woke up one morning, I had a CEO. And then that night I went to sleep and I was CEO and there was no plan for it to happen. Uh, Something happened where my CEO, like completely personal to him, couldn't be our CEO anymore. And my board was like, okay, so Melissa will be CEO. So I went from learning how to really, you know, have the confidence to own the brand and all of the creative and marketing to like just being responsible for all of it. And it was, it was, thank God I had that experience those three years leading up to that, or I could have never been in the role that I'm in today. And wow. Um, But I love it because I got so lucky in the sense that, you know, when the new CEO came on, I was pushed really far out of my comfort zone and I learned to love it. so like when the new CEO came on, I had a book offer from HarperCollins and I couldn't decide if I should do it. And I ultimately decided to do it because it scared me. And then, you know, through those three years of working with him, I learned that things that scare you are out of your comfort zone and they're the best. And that's that's growth. And And so when I became CEO, I was already just excited for the growth, even though I was scared out of my mind. I'd love to dig deeper into that because if someone said to me, tomorrow you're the CEO, I would have no fucking clue <laughs> yep. how to look at a P&L, how to yep. like know how to flow out inventory. Like I would be like, excuse me, what? So how did you, how did you even know where to go? So somebody I, I work with, um, actually like, you know, he works with my investor Um, he says that my two biggest strengths are that I'm open and that I don't think I know I've no ego. And I really think those two things, those two like character traits are the reason I've been successful as CEO. I, if I didn't have confidence from that first day of like what I should do, I would ask the person who I felt best to help me like with the answer. That doesn't mean I would like take exactly what they said I should do. I might ask like three different people. And by doing that, I mean, the most fundamental things I remember, oh, shoot, I need to plan an all hands meeting. Like, what do I do? Like, what should the deck look like? I mean, you name it. And I just, I engaged people, whether they were part of my team or not, most often not actually. Um, and asked when I didn't know. And then also I didn't want to be CEO. I didn't believe like shame on me now in hindsight, but I didn't believe I was fit for the role. And so I was interviewing CEO candidates as I was, you know, getting my feet under me and every single candidate I interviewed would end the conversation being like, you should be the CEO. Like, are you kidding? So I think that helped too. Thank you.
This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So what does your role look like today now that you have a CEO, but you had to dive in? Um, I'm curious to know like how you, where do you touch and release and, and what excites you about being part of the brand 15 years later? So today my role as CEO is I have the best partner in my CFO slash COO. Uh, he is the best and like, I would die without him. Um, so he is the PL and you know, he, we just, we've been working together for, it'll be three years next September, I guess this September. So, but I can't remember life without him. Um, and I, what do I touch? I'm very involved in the marketing and product. I, um, like very involved in it. I approve like everything that anyone sees for the most part. I actually have a social media. Um, I don't remember what her title is, but who reports directly into me as CEO. And I go over the social content with her. I actually spend one full day a week creating content, like the recipes stuff in my kitchen and taking calls while I do it. Um, yeah. And I, I have my executive team. I have my CFO who's also like COO. I have a chief strategy officer and my vice president who I work very closely with and together they oversee, um, most of the business. So it allows you to keep your creativity going in a big way. I need it. Yes, I agree. (laughs) And how did, how have you navigated you know, family, building a business. I feel like, you know, because maternity leave has been on my mind a lot, you know, people are like, are you taking one? I'm like, it's not, I wouldn't really count it as one. I mean, it's a lot, it's less work, but like, it's not like when an employee is like, peace out, see you in three months. Totally. Yeah. Well, so my first child I had in 2016, I still felt that I needed to prove myself unfortunately. So I, I mean, obviously I was still reading emails and very much like clued in and communicating when necessary, but I only really took like six weeks, I think more because I had something to prove, unfortunately. But then with my second, she was born in the summer of 2018. At that point I was already like, like, no, I'm taking, I deserve it. I need to take a full maternity leave, which absolutely still meant like I was reading my emails every day. Uh, like while I was pumping. And, you know, I think I actually went on the Today Show 10 days after I gave birth to my second, like, you know, I did what I needed to do as you know, like you, like, nobody else could do so many things that you do. Right. Um, now I, I definitely work a lot. I live in Hoboken because it's a nine minute drive from my bakery and like, uh, I could get to my office in 28 minutes and I could Uber there quickly. It's like the perfect middle place. My, I love my family and I love my business so much, all of them. <laughs> and I'm pretty overstimulated, I would say. <laughs> Do you find it's hard to relax? Like I find it hard to relax. Oh my God. 
some days, especially because we work from home. I, I still go to the office and the bakery, but I love working from home and it allows me to accomplish even more. Like today, for example, my calendar, I don't, I think I, I think I made 15 minutes for myself because I needed to at least like stand up. Um, but I, some days, you know, like you're, you're working nonstop and then all of a sudden the kids come in the door and it's like, what, like, how do you, how do you just go from one to the other? Like, I need to like do jumping jacks or like do yoga or like something like now all of a sudden I'm supposed to be like, hi, like, how was your day? I know. the the I try my best. You know, I experienced something odd in New York, it was really hard for me to go from working to then mom. There was like, wait a second. Like I felt like I needed that separation, you know, that 15 minutes at least of something. Yeah. And then when we, um, we were down in Florida to have the baby and I was like, I don't know why it's different down here. Like, I don't know if it's cause I have more time during the day cause the kid's school ends at five, but I was like, wow it is so much easier to transition into like working from home and then motherhood. And I, and I'm trying to figure out what that magic is. So when we get back to New York, I'm not feeling always like that, just that insanity of just like, Oh, I need a, I need a minute. Yeah. It's like the energy in New York is also like nonstop. A hundred percent. But, but I actually, in May I started, this is like crazy, but it's, it's, it saved my life. I start like I woke up at four o'clock this morning and I took a 5am workout class and I get home before my kids wake up. And I know it sounds crazy because it's like almost like I'm taking more time, but that has made me so much better because I actually have an hour of time for myself every morning. Wow. I would definitely do that if I didn't have to wake up at five in the morning. <laughs> I'm a morning person. I go oh, to bed. I, like, I can't do anything at night. My brain stops working. We joke at like 4 PM. Oh my God. That's amazing. Um, so what's next? What is like your next, you know, everyone's, you know, planning the year and making their vision boards. What do you have? What do you have on tap? Well, that you can share, I guess. I'm thinking, yeah. I mean, we opened our first store in Boston, uh, like in a new market. We opened in Boston in October and it's been doing incredibly well. That's very exciting for us because it's our first like outside market of New York. Um, I've been, you know, I have this whole social media community uh, that I provide like recipes and just like food knowledge to, and that's been really great. So, and that's so new. I mean, we really just started focusing on it like midway through last year. Um, So we have this incredible community of Baked by Melissa, like treat lovers and Baked by Melissa content lovers. And a big part of the focus is continuing to do what's working and and really bring it all together while expanding uh, Baked by Melissa as our bite size perfect gifting company. And how did you navigate the pandemic? Did it affect you or was it good for you in the way that people knew they could get something cheerful sent to them? Well, personally, I mean, obviously the pandemic was terrible, terrible. Like I would never want that to ever happen again. 
from a business, personal business perspective, I, I loved it. Like I just thought it was like all of a sudden I had just become CEO in December. And then in February, people start talking about this global pandemic. I'm like new, what the, I don't even know what I'm doing as a regular CEO, but then the playing field was leveled because nobody had a playbook, but Baked by Melissa is like my firstborn child. And I, I knew what to do. I don't know how, and nobody questioned it even. Um, so it was almost like, you know, like maternal instincts kind of kicked in for Baked by Melissa. And as a result of our ability to pivot and make these changes and decisions without second guessing ourselves, um, that had an incredible impact on our business. Um, obviously we went through like a time in March where we were like, oh my God, can we even stay in business? Like we closed all of our retail locations. We focused on e-com. We changed our marketing messaging. And I remember asking my investor, like, just give me the number. Like what, what do I need to do to offset the loss at retail? And we, we came very close to that. Um, and then it really solidified us as, you know, our website is our flagship store and we need to look at it as such. I feel like, um, people are always hesitant. They say, you know, it was terrible for me. It was great for business. And I, and I have to, you know, you know, there were so many silver linings as awful as it was for so many people that it's hard to be like, yeah, it was great for our business you know, in, in a way that we were able to focus on our own backyard and fulfilling our own orders and worrying about ourselves for once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I mean, there were, it cost us a lot of money. Like we didn't by any means like have a year where like we grew exponentially or anything like that. But I don't, for me, it gave me confidence. It taught me a ton and it solidified the fact that Baked by Melissa makes people happy, which I've always known, but we make people happy during good times and bad. And during those bad, scariest times of our entire lives, like I was like, we didn't even want to walk inside with our clothes on. We thought there was COVID in our drinking water. Like, I mean, you think back and it, it's just so crazy. And we were getting like letters and, and messages on social media with pictures like, here's my 98 year old grandma, like in a nursing home, smiling with her cupcakes. And like, this is the first time we've seen her smile since COVID. Like, thank you. And there was so much of that. That was just like the most incredible thing to see. So where can everyone get your cupcakes, all the links, all the websites? Bakedbymelissa.com. You can, it's the perfect gift for anyone, truly. It makes, you know, little kids and old people alike just happy. They're nostalgic bites uh, with the perfect ratio of every ingredient. Bakedbymelissa.com. You could choose your arrival date, guaranteed fresh. We've got custom gift boxes for every occasion. We also have gluten free, vegan, and bite-sized double stuffed macarons that are kind of one of my favorites actually. I love a macaroon. That's my weakness. <laughs> um, so there's two questions I love to ask at the end of all my interviews, which is what would we be surprised to know about you? And what is one piece of advice you'd love to pass on? I guess what would you be surprised to know about me is that it's really, really challenging to do what I do, just like it is for anyone who's listening. And I'm sure for you too. And I think that's my biggest learning that I, I wish everyone knew, especially with social media being so much in our faces, 
is that we all deal with real challenge professionally and personally. And I'm, you know, very focused on my brand and it's just not stuff that you share. Although I do share a lot of it. Um, but everyone should know that because even if that helps you feel like, you know, more okay about your own personal challenges, then it's a win. I love that. And what would we be surprised to know about you? Um, I love vegetables just as much as I love cupcakes. (laughs) So you get your daily greens in? Oh, I do. I believe, yeah, I believe that mealtime is for nourishment. And if you get your fulfillment from your meals, then you can absolutely indulge in dessert every day, which is what I do. Do you find that you, because you're tasting recipes all day, that you veer away from sugar and eat kind of mostly healthy or you still indulge? Oh, I indulge, but I like, so I don't eat breakfast. Like my whole life, I've never, I remember in elementary school, my mom like begging me to eat breakfast. I, so my first meal is really lunch. And I spend a lot of time thinking about my lunch. And it's always like, you know, something delicious and nutritious. I I can't eat sugar first. Like I I drink my coffee black. Like, um, And I'm not really a snacker. I love dinner. Like I love it. And then I need dessert. So like, if, and if I'm in a restaurant and there are three things on the dessert menu that look good, I'm getting all three of them. That's like the best part of my job that it's like, okay, for me to do that. Um, I can't wait to not eat breakfast. I'm letting you know that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I, I, that was hard for me. Too. <laughs> it's too much. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And um, I hope I see you soon. Me too. And and good luck. Thank you for having me. And I'm so excited for you. I, you know, uh, to not be pregnant anymore for you. <laughs> I am too. Here, cheers to that. <laughs> I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt but it actually helps with search and algorithm. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.